0: Uh, yeah, so basically in the um, uh, in the Bible, um, we learn about the Israelites. Uh, they came, they were, we picked them up in Exodus in Egypt and they're in slavery. They've been there for hundreds of years. Um, and in fact, it's, it's interesting, like with a lot of parts of the Bible, there's just a bit of silence. The Bible, it kind of skips a couple of centuries and uh, you don't get a lot of books in between. It just, it arrives again, at the scene when the Israelites have multiplied and there's millions of them. And um, basically, I'm I'm assuming most people here have some awareness of Moses and the Exodus. So, um, uh, and God sends a prophet to bring his people out of Israel, uh, out of uh, Exodus, to go to the promised land, to go to Israel. And this is basically uh, the time when they've left Egypt. It's quite miraculous. It's like the world's superpower getting completely crippled by a load of You know plagues and things but all the time the the way that happened is such that they it was their own pride and stubbornness but the people of Israel found their freedom they escaped they went into the desert they were actually given a lot of food and a lot of treasure to go with and we arrive at them at just the point at which they've probably eaten the last of the food that they left with and so they're hungry just to recap the manor house don't really need to do this but yeah um the, the Manor House is about the church helping others. It's about us reaching out a, a hand and helping others. Um, it's about us uh, organising and dealing with that and actually managing the generosity of a lot of other organisations and things like that. So, uh, so it's a really good thing to be involved in. It's a really good thing to do. I'm, I'm really impressed as a, as a newbie. So here we, here we go. <laughs> I, was gonna, I should have introduced this better. What I was going to say is you're, the people of Israel, they've left... They've left Egypt, they've gone out into the desert, they've just run out of food, and then they've run into... No, they don't run into this character, but um, I went to Jordan about three months ago, which was looking like now like a very, very good time to go, because, uh, yeah, it's probably not a great time to go right at the moment. Um, And this was us walking around in Wadi Rum, which is a spectacular part of Jordan, and it's where Lawrence of Arabia was and everything, and it's, it's your kind of quintessential desert. But if you were out here in the desert. Uh, then as you can see, if you just go on to the next picture, thanks, this is another classic one. This is by the Dead Sea. Um, you can see that it really is desert. Like I've been to some parts of Africa and stuff where it's scrub and it would be pretty difficult to get a living. But here, it's, there's just nothing at all. It is just dry, barren sand. But as the, as the Israelites go into the desert and they just run out of their food... And they kind of realise that, oh, gosh, we haven't got anything else. So we're going to have to, uh, you know, how are we going to manage, basically? And they see this scene. I would probably begin to have doubts myself. I would think, well, actually, there's three million of us or something like that. It's t- several million people. In the middle of that, you're like going, OK, this is this is perhaps a problem on the horizon here. Um, it actually it talks about them going out. And of course, they're led by Moses and Aaron and they start grumbling which is a, a rather a sad thing because remember these although they've they're looking at this as their view they've just seen an absolutely spectacular series of miracles you know like completely unprecedented kind of global newsworthy miracles but they are looking at this and the doubt begins to creep in and i think there's a there's a lesson here that for a lot of us we can see something really quite amazing but then straight away you know, almost the day after, life's kind of back to normal and we kind of think, you know, we take things for granted again and go, oh yeah, we're in trouble again, you know, oh, look at all the problems ahead of us. And so in fact, we just need to extend our memories a little bit longer, a little bit further back and so actually, you no, know, God has been good to us there, he's going to see us through. And manna is basically all about us carrying through and following uh, and following God and, and just depending on Him. This is a, a sort of like an artist's uh, idea of the manor in the desert and they're, they're picking up this stuff off the ground here and as you can see it did involve like, it's an unorthodox way to get your food maybe. It's like it would have been, it would have seemed strange and wh- if we go into what was manor, we go into like where on the ground in the desert I'm doing this, I'm sure a lot of people here have, have read this and are aware of this when it was, it came like with the morning dew. Um, how? Well, God knows. Um, why? So people would have faith and be satisfied. And I think that's, that's it actually says in the passage that God said, I'm going to, this is partly a test because you need to get this every day. And it does talk about in Exodus 16, the fact that it appeared every morning and you could eat it, but it wouldn't keep. And if you kept it, it would absolutely stink of maggots. Like this was seriously perishable. Um, but there was another little miracle, which seems very strange. If It was some natural phenomenon that every uh, sixth day uh, you could collect two days worth and it wouldn't go off. So you could have the Sabbath, which is actually the Saturday. You could collect for the Sabbath and it wouldn't go off uh, for that next day as well. So you always had enough. It even said that when the people gathered it, everyone who gathered it, no matter how much they gathered, it was always the right amount. It was always just enough. So it was like multiple kind of miracles in one, multiple uh, illustrations of that. And so it was always enough. It was always enough. Who to feed the huge population of uh, the Israelites and which just the Israelites going God's way. So obviously, if you stayed in Egypt, uh, then you wouldn't have seen it. You wouldn't have got it. So it it was to do with mobility as well is the fact that they were on that path they'd been delivered out of slavery they were leaving and they were going forward and I always like to go into this this is the only bit that I'm going to get overly analytical about um and well the crucial thing I've left out there is the what because do you know what manner the word actually means does anyone know no okay it actually is the Hebrew it's it's kind of the Hebrew derived for what is it because it says that when the people saw it on the ground, they were like, what is it? It's like really weird. You know, it's like, it just looked very strange. And it looked a bit like the morning, like frost, like flakes of frost. Um, and so it's a very strange thing to have. The, the passage said that in the evening they got quail. Does anyone know what a quail is? Does anyone ever ate a quail? Yes? Who? Who's, oh, okay, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> so... So they're, they're nice and they sort of look quite sort of cute and stuff so, um, but yeah, I won't, I won't emphasise that. But yeah, they were like flocks of birds that would uh, arrive, they'd fly from somewhere else and they'd just arrive miraculously every evening and they could eat them. And that was meat in the, uh, in the evening and uh, something like bread in the morning. So if you just go to the next one. Um, so it said that they went out, and I always like in the, in the Bible, there's a lot of debate about like the where's and the how you trace you know, where things were. There's an interesting theory that says a lot of people used to think that Mount Sinai was in the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt, but there's quite a lot of evidence to say it could be in the north-west uh, of Saudi Arabia, which is where they're currently going to build this big city, but anyway. Um, but I think that it's always interesting to look at that, and it says, they, but they came out into the desert, and you've got a date, and you've got a time... But in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, I, in my own faith, I'm not going to dress this up and say, um, I've, you know, I've followed Jesus for years and years, but I am absolutely as capable of, you know, having a real answer to prayer and then the next day being in like a morning mood and just having a moan, don't drive with me because I'm not a good driver. Um, (laughs) That is a real test of patience for me, you know. And, um, but... It is really easy for us to receive something and then grumble. And sometimes I would say that, you know, for me, I don't want to say this about everyone else, but for me, uh, to actually have an attitude of gratitude takes me to physically say to myself, no, do you know what, I need to be thankful, I need to read my Bible, I need to pray, and I need to have an, an active attitude of being grateful For what God has given me, because I always seem to zero in on the tiny annoyances, and I forget the vast blessings that God has given me. And I think that is a really, really um, big thing there. So, and then the Israelites said, and this is this is pretty spectacular because we're probably talking about a number of days. The Israelites said to them, "If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt." And it was probably (laughs) days or you know a few weeks or something before that they'd been in slavery in Egypt, so the memory was really short. and there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. Well, maybe, perhaps that's true, but they had to do a lot of work for it. They had no rights. They were constantly abused and exploited. Um, he brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So they hadn't even got that hungry. It hadn't even happened. So it, does, it, it says it's quite a blunt. I love in the Bible is that when you pick it up and read it, you kind of your memory fogs a bit and you think, oh, it's yeah, God does definitely love us, which we absolutely learn through manner that he does. But at the same time, it's, it's really down to earth in just what they're like. And when I read this, I see, you know, I see a lot of myself as well thinking, yeah, we've had these amazing miracles and totally going along with that. But then also being, having that really quick kind of ability just to sort of forget it all and, uh, and get a bit, uh, just a tiny bit melodramatic maybe. So, yeah, they look back to the good old days, which was probably not that, not that long at all. And they use this to justify the pessimism. Um, It's true, they didn't know what tomorrow would bring. If you were a practical person, you'd go, well, yeah, we're in the middle of this incredibly dry desert. There's absolutely nothing around, but you would expect that God, you know, that actually you could remember a few days, a few weeks back and go, do you know what? We should actually bear with this. We should trust. Um, They had to trust, but they weren't even alone as well. It wasn't even like they were in this wilderness, you know, by themselves. They had Moses and Aaron and they'd, you know, they were confidently leading them. They were, they were taking them out into the desert, but they were grumbling. They were grumblers. And I, I think this is, as I say, a really a really good lesson for us and a really good lesson for us who also want to lead and also want to share our faith. Is actually, uh, we will get this from people, but we're as guilty of it as ourselves. Um, and that, that, you know, if, we're, if we see the Lord, if we have that direction from the Lord, we're doing an amazing thing. We're doing a really amazing thing but we have to keep, keep persevering and keep going. So yeah, verse four says, then the Lord does respond to Moses and he talks to Moses, says, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for, the day, for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So it is a test actually as well. It is God testing the people. It's saying, I'm going to provide, but it is a test. God maybe could have said, I will take, you know, the promised land is just around the corner. It'll only be a few more hours or something like that. It's not physically a huge, massive distance, but it would, have been, uh, it would have certainly seemed like that. But he could have done that, but he said, actually, no, I want you to follow me. I want you to depend on me. Now, I'm not using this as a metaphor for what we should do at the manor house. Uh, <laughs> if we can help people be independent, then, uh, then that's, a, that's a different thing. Um, but I think this is what God is saying is actually that, you know, he did want them to depend on him. He did want this to be a a constant daily miracle, to really get it in there like a generational knowledge of what God does. And in this country, in Britain, we do have a lot of that memory. We do remember a lot of things. We've had a huge number of national miracles, a huge number of things. They don't get publicised very often, but I'm always reminded of in the Second World War, in the midst of the Battle of Britain, we had a day of prayer where, you know, millions of people around the country went and prayed for, you know, that it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen, my gran always used to tell me this when I was a child, she said, when Hitler invaded Russia, we prayed and said, thank God, you know, he's, that's the mistake that will, uh, that will happen there, and so really, really a national miracle, a national miracle, and there's dozens of examples of that, but here he says, I will answer this, this thing, uh, this prayer, I will rain down bread from heaven, you, and that's for everyone, and it's through Moses, on the sixth day, there's prayer. Well, there's Sorry, and it says here in this way Old Testament, see whether they will follow my instructions. On so the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other day. So again, it's not even a, you know, explained by natural phenomena. It's uh, it's oddly coincidental with uh, God's law. So with Moses and Aaron, they said to all the Israelites, in the evening you'll know it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you'll see the glory of the Lord. So he. He gives an explanation for it at every stage. So with a lot of God's provision, he, he's really, really specific about it. If it's a coincidence, it's an almighty coincidence. Um, so Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he you heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? we you are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. So Moses himself, obviously, is feeling the pressure, but you know, and he's, he says that although you're grumbling, although you're very, very quickly ungrateful that actually he has heard you and he is going to provide for you. But you see that at every stage God surrounds us, he's around us, but he does want us in those difficult periods to show faith and to, to keep going. And that is really, that is what he asks us to do. And even in that, he's he's helping us as well. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he's heard you grumbling. So it's delivered. So while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert. There was the glory of the Lord appearing to them in a cloud. So um, they even had that as well. The Lord said, I've heard the grumbling to the Israelites. Now, I said that, you know, on a Monday morning, driving, getting stuck in traffic or whatever, I'm not a particularly patient person. And suddenly all the blessings I've got get reduced to this, you know, grumble about, you know, get out of my way or whatever, you know. And things like this, and it's not quite the same here because actually they've got a physical, they can see a physical presence. They've got Moses and Aaron. They've just seen a load of miracles. There is something deeper going on here, and that is where we kind of see the spiritual side, the spiritual battle. The Lord said to Moses, "I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you'll eat meat." He tells them, um, "It's very detailed. It says God gives Moses and Aaron the message. They give it to the people." Um, And that evening quail came, covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. So they don't have to wait long, do they? They don't have to wait long at all. And um, when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. In Numbers it says, it was almost like coriander seed. So if you've ever had that, a little bit like that. And when the dew was gone, the Israelites saw it. They said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. So that's actually the name of manna is, what is it? That is a quail. So I thought it looked I got the picture of the one that looked the tastiest so the uh, <laughs> um, and uh, they can be in large flocks and fly around and stuff like that, so yeah, it looks quite nice it looks quite cute as well, doesn't it? But I think if you were hungry you would probably uh, uh, it would probably disappear pretty quickly, so yeah. Um, so thousands, millions of them would arrive every single day. So it, could, it is possible that it could arrive you know, as a one-off or as a, uh, a few times or whatever, but to have it every single day. Does anyone know here how long these miracles kept occurring for? It was for 40 years while they were wandering in the desert, for 40 years, day, every single uh, evening, every single morning, this arrived for millions of people and everyone always had enough. So you have there like a colossal national miracle which is just complete God's provision every time. And this is in the time when the Israelites had you know lacked faith you know they had a golden calf they had a all these other things when they were rebelling they had this every single mo- evening every single morning because they got used to it basically they thought it was kind of it was their science it was like oh well there's a flock of quail every evening every morning there's manna and stuff like that and they kind of it almost got you know well ordinary for them and actually that is god's amazing provision is that he kept doing that he kept providing over and over and over thanks and the Israelites um, <clears throat> grumbled and complained. Yeah, we've we've seen this, but God didn't punish them. He's not punished. God has incredible what the King James version used to call forbearance, which I really like that word. You know, just actually bearing with us, and just you know, it's patience basically, just keeping going with us. And um, it's it's I, I want you always want to look at the Bible and think that yeah, God loves us, and He absolutely does. But the more you look at it, the more you kind of get this reflection of actually how bad we can be. Um, but even with that, God loves us so much. And we see that huge, that amazing um, that amazing image. And what can we learn from this? You know, just about the miraculous provision of God, the fact that the manna was actually given so that um, they would believe and really believe. They'd had hundreds of years of slavery. They'd been brought out of that. And they'd been given this so many miracles um, that they were kind of, born along there was, there was very little they did other than just keep following and they didn't actually do that particularly well a lot of the time and, um, and uh, I know at, at the bottom here this is my extrapolation from my own life is that we have needs and actually God just longs for us to come to him with those needs and whatever they may be you know it might be emotional it might be psychological it might be financial it might be um, medical anything like this and he longs for us to come and ask him And um, we tend to pray in an emergency and that is kind of what God is doing here is because actually they would have known that, yeah, without this quail and and manna, they wouldn't have survived long in the desert. When I was there in Jordan, it was astonishing. Uh, I'm obviously not built for desert climate, but you just thought, wow, (laughs) we get out of the coach every sort of few hours and go and visit a site and it was nice. But you think this heat... You really would not survive long here. It would just be a matter of, you know, a day or something. And it is, it's pretty withering. So they would have had that constant reminder of the fact that while in the desert, their chances of being independent were zero but if they just had to depend on the Lord and they just had to keep going and um, yeah amazing so yeah I'm afraid there had to be one flow chart but I won't make a career out of it so the um, but yeah I think we follow because God we today as Christians follow because God has freed us through Jesus' death and resurrection we keep going through the help of the Holy Spirit so he is like our helper now um, and he keeps us going and as I say that's day in day out through the ups and downs of life and we do have to recognise where these blessings come from. So that is really what God is doing. He's saying, just so when we do the manor house, that's a great thing that the church is doing. It's a really good thing that we're doing and it really is helping people. Um, but as well, it's really, really important just to, in in the most, we can say it in our own ways and in, in a modest way, just say, actually, we're doing this because we are Christians, because we believe, because God has has rescued us and he's helped us. And we should be, and it's really... <laughs> As I say, I, I you know I write, I write this for myself really. Um, we should be grateful even if our circumstances aren't great, because even in trials and tribulations, even in really really tough circumstances, we can still see the blessings that God has given us. So I'm uh, I've been through stuff where when I've spoken to people about it, they sometimes go, "Yeah, you've you've had some tough times." Many of us have had this. Many of us more than others. That's legitimate to say. There's some people you know, in some ways. Uh, you know, some of us have uh, up against really, really, really tough circumstances. But there is things that God wants to show us. And he w- does want to say is actually being grateful. And if I may say, an attitude of gratitude goes a huge... It goes a really long way to changing your circumstances. It really does. And I've been, you know, I've been here myself where I'm just down in the dumps and just under pressure and just going like, oh, what's the point kind of thing. Um, and I'm not saying to say to somebody else to be relentlessly positive you know like a kind of just have a have a face of positivity I'm just saying having that in your heart and knowing what God has done for you and being grateful and just reading the the scripture yourself and actually thinking yeah God is with me he's not against me he is raising me up and he is keeping me going the fact that you're still here the fact you're still following the fact you're still going is actually a daily miracle it is manna every single day and um so actually just be really focusing on that and thinking i've got these problems and the problem with problems is they tend to come in and fog the great surround of all the blessings that god has given us so i'm not saying that it's about saying oh well you know um i I feel i've got some problems so i'm going to be really positive to this person i've been on the receiving end of that myself and it's not very nice but i'm saying is actually just by being there for people but by just having the mention and having the occasional mention, and it's great to hear what Linda said, uh, what, you know, your support there, I think was really, really good. Um, and I think that, you know, and God takes us from our supposed security um, because that is all of us are on a journey. We're all on a journey. It's actually, sometimes we can think, you know, and I've often kind of thought back to said that when I was 20 years old, I became a Christian. I was at university uh, and my life could have gone a very different way. And I kind of sometimes think, oh God, maybe it would have been easier if I didn't blab to all of my friends about Jesus all the time <laughs> and, st- and things like that. You know, maybe it would have been a bit easier if I'd have just slipped below the radar and I'd have had a you know, better career or this had gone better, that had gone better. But God really reminds me and says that actually you've kept going, you've, you're still here. It's through God's grace, absolutely, definitely. But what we think is security, what we think is happiness or whatever is, oh, I don't want to challenge that, I don't want to upset the apple cart, I don't want to kind of move that, is actually him saying, I'm, I'm leading you to something far, far better, but I do expect you to, to have faith. And that is the key thing about manner is it is about faith. Is actually, it is a brilliant thing if we're generous and we extend a helping hand to people, but we are, and we're doing that because we're following the Lord and we're doing that because we're able to do it but it is actually about this journey of faith, about keeping going on that journey. So I think, again, it it's always goes back. I, I love the fact that in the Bible, or the answer to uh, you know most queries and questions is always going back to Jesus, isn't it? So that's the default. But it is looking at Jesus. We have the, the person, the reality of Jesus, and then we have the Holy Spirit as well. And we just thank God for saving us, but bringing us along uh, to salvation. And we know that... Uh, whether our circumstances are you know, perhaps quite comfortable or, or much more challenging, that actually God will see us home. And remember that with the people of Israel, they, they, didn't really, you know, they messed up regularly and God was still there for them, still providing for them. Some of them did respond, some of them um, did do that, but actually he saw them home and he did fulfil his promises. And so we do know that God is faithful and um, we can really mess it up sometimes but God even finds a way of drawing us home uh, in the midst of that and so when we're having conversations with people we're talking to people who like we heard that you know story about someone who is on the verge of suicide or people saying that they're really struggling to cope this is an amazing work that God has, has given us to do and it's a huge and it's a massive opportunity.